0: the normalization of feeling suffering because all the people around you are feeling it too doesn't mean that you're supposed to just live in it and drown in it. It's like a a frog boiling in a pot of water, right? Like you're slowly raising the temperature higher and higher and the frog boils. Your anxiety is getting worse because it's been normalized so you don't think you need to do anything because it's normal to feel anxious. But if you're not treating the symptom, it's going to get worse. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. Nobody asked, but nobody's here to care. So I'm going to just tell you the story. Jack got me a new mic stand because this thing, if you're watching this on YouTube. Oh, good grief. (laughs) Hold on. Uh, The mic stand that I use is the kind that like hooks onto a table. It's basically the size of a giant's arm and it's really clunky and hard to maneuver and so he got me this if you're watching on youtube you can see it's a smaller table stand and i got real excited so i you know just just disassembled everything and then realized that i don't have that whatever piece could i didn't have all the materials necessary to have a new mic stand so i just spent 35 minutes very frustrated trying to get this mic up. And I felt like at one point my Pentecostal came out and I said to the room, oh, the devil does not want me to do this podcast. And then that motivated me to finish so that I could do this podcast for y'all because it's it's important. We're going to talk about anxiety. Super fun topic, I know. Uh, It is something that I have struggled with, lived with, I think battled, overcome, struggled with again. It's a lot of stories. There's a lot of history with me and anxiety. And I've done episodes about anxiety before. But something has been happening lately that is, in my opinion, getting worse and worse. and. I wanna talk about it. So this episode is for anybody who is struggling with anxiety slash feels like the anxiety is getting worse. That's what I'm noticing, is that people have identified that they struggle with it, and then it's getting worse, not better, and there's a reason. I think there's a very specific reason, and I don't know about you guys, But when I can identify why something's happening, you've probably heard me say this a billion times on the show. When I can identify why I'm doing something, why something's happening, I feel like it allows me to separate myself from the problem. And when I can separate myself from the problem, I can figure out how to work on the problem instead of drowning inside of it. So... That's what I'm hoping to do today. I'm hoping to separate you, your sense of self, from your anxiety for long enough to give you a different perspective on it. That's what we're doing today. And in order for me to talk about this, I have to let you know that I have been nearly decimated by anxiety in my adult life. And so I am not talking about this from theory. I'm obviously not talking about this as a medical professional. So this is a chick on the internet. This is a chick who does a podcast who's telling you her thoughts on how she dealt with anxiety and how it helped her. These are my opinions. So talk to your doctor, talk to your therapist, talk to your counselor if you want to do that. But this is... The perspective of someone who has been living with anxiety for over a decade and really has learned to thrive even with anxious thoughts. And there's a lot to unpack. And I think what is very important for me is that you really hear the full context of what I'm saying, because this is the kind of episode where it would be so easy to take like a, a single sentence or a sound bite and Get upset about it instead of listening to the full conversation. So before I jump in to why your anxiety is getting worse, let me just tell you quickly about my own experience. I really noticed and was able to identify that something was very wrong when I guess it would have been about a no, more than a decade, probably 11 or 12 years ago. And I didn't have a word for it. I think it's so much more common now to talk about, but 12 years ago, social media wasn't what it is today. And we didn't have access readily available. And I hadn't ever had someone diagnose what was happening. So at the time, I just felt like I would get to the end of a day, and I would feel like something bad was about to happen. I remember crying one night and telling my ex husband now, but my husband at the time, I said, "I just, I like, I can't, and I just, I, uh," and I was feeling all of the emotions. Right, like my stomach was churning, my hands were sweating, my heart was racing, my thoughts were racing. I was just jumping from one bad thing to another, and he was like, what is wrong? And I was like, I don't know, but something is. And it was almost like I was obsessing that there was something wrong. And I would obsess over the fact that something was wrong until I figured out something to be anxious about. I don't know if that makes sense. If you don't have anxiety or have never had anxiety, that probably is not going to resonate with you. But for me and for my friends who deal with it, they're like, girl, I see you. So I went through this for months and it was getting worse and I didn't handle it in a great way. I drank. I drank wine. I came home every day from work, I had two little boys, and I came home every single day from work and immediately got a glass of wine as soon as I walked in the door because I was already anxious and because I knew that I needed to immediately switch and become mama and I thought, well, if I could just have a little bit of, a, you know, a safety net or a little bit of a bridge, then I'll be able to handle this evening better and I won't lose my temper with my kids and then I won't feel upset about that. And it's just like was this whole spiral, as you guys know, if you have sort of any kind of struggle like this. I drank every night. And in the beginning, one glass of wine would work, and then one glass of wine wasn't enough, and then it was two, and then it was three, and then I woke up every single day with a hangover. And I had never heard another mom tell a story about waking up with a hangover. I'd never heard a mom of toddlers talk about being drunk and... Yeah. I mean, I still think there's a there's a a lot of shame of a feeling of shame. And I know enough now to not shame myself for past experiences because I feel like every single human being is doing the best they can with what they've got right now. I, I really believe that's true. Even someone who's like, you know, being a jerk, that's just the best that they can do with what they've got right now. And at the time, that was the best I knew how to do was to drink, to numb myself out. And I would wake up every morning and I just would do it all over again. And the anxiety got worse. And I hit a point where I realized that I was going to need medication. And I am a huge believer in you doing what you need to do to be healthy I really am a massive proponent of doing everything that you can do to be healthy, not just medical intervention. And as a side note, if you need your meds, take your fucking meds. My older brother is no longer on this earth because he didn't take his meds. So I take it very seriously that you do what you need to do to be okay. But I think where people twist the things that I've said in the past, because I talk a lot about other alternatives, and I'm going to talk to you guys about that today. I talk a lot about other alternatives, not because I don't believe in the power of medication, but because I believe that when it comes to your mental and emotional health, you must... Take a 360-degree approach if you want to see real change. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, The leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover bank member FDIC. I realized that I was in a place where I was gonna need to be put on medication and I that scared me because frankly There are a lot of members of my family who have gotten on medication for different things, and I've watched it for 30 years. It didn't ever seem to help them. They would cycle out. They would try different things. It often made them worse, or it gave them bad side effects, or it made them feel like zombies, or it just messed with them in a way that I thought, man, if there's any way that I can approach my anxiety without needing to be put on medicine, I want to try. And if I have to end up there, great, but I will go out guns blazing, right? Like I will go out knowing that I did everything I could. And the reality is even if I had needed some help to get through that time period, all the other stuff that I was doing certainly would have helped the process. So it was a win-win. So I decided to pursue everything that i could read about and find in books cuz again podcasts weren't really a thing and i youtube wasn't as big and all of this stuff so i just like read things and then tried them i understood the importance of lowering sugar lowering caffeine lowering anything that makes your body feel the same symptoms as anxiety so just a real quick side note our subconscious And our nervous system are wired to respond to things, right? So if you feel a racing heart and a flutter in your chest and racing thoughts and shaky hands when you have anxiety and when you have too much caffeine, you get racing thoughts, a flutter in your chest, a racing heart, shaking hands. If you get the same symptoms from four shots of espresso as you do from an anxiety attack, your body does not know the difference. Your body doesn't know that you are reacting to caffeine. It doesn't know that there's a stimulant involved. It feels, your nervous system feels those feelings and thinks, oh God, Something bad's about to happen because this is the way I feel when I worry about something bad, and you create this cycle. So, I learned all of this stuff. I learned about stimulants and how they affect your body. I learned about cortisol and stress hormones and adrenaline and things I could do to lower those in my life. I went to a crap ton of therapy. I did all sorts of things to help me feel better. And it was a long process, but the most beautiful thing happened in that journey, which was I realized that there were books about how to feel better. And then I thought, well, are there books about how to feel better and, you know, about this or about that or pursue this goal? Like it basically opened a whole world of working on myself I don't really love the term self-help cuz I just feel like there's negative connotations associated with that, but it's the closest thing I guess I would describe to what it is that I do for a living. I love. It's like one of my greatest core values is trying to become a better version of myself. And in that pursuit of self-actualization, self-evolution, I read and learn things and then I share them with you guys. So There is some beauty because I believe everything is connected. Had I not gone on that journey for the anxiety, I don't know if I'd be sitting here talking to you right now. So anyway, that's not the point. The point is 12 years ago or whenever that was, was the start of this process. But what I know to be true about anxiety is that at least for as long as I've had it so far, it still shows up. It doesn't show up as much as it used to, certainly. And I have such better tools to manage it than I used to. But all these years later, it still shows up. I'm gonna get into that in a minute. And I'm gonna get into ideas for how to help and things that you can do and really powerful information that I didn't have back in the day that I wish I had. But before we get there, this is what I wanna talk about. I wanna talk about why. I think your anxiety is getting worse. Maybe it's not maybe this is like you just have a little anxiety and you want to listen or maybe you have someone in your life who has anxiety and you want some ideas for how to help them. But if you saw the the title for this and you were like, "Yes, like my anxiety is getting worse. Here's why." At least I think. Or here's one possible explanation. I feel like anxiety is more prevalent than ever. And there's a beauty in so many people talking about it because it normalizes people having it. So back in the day when I was struggling, I didn't hear anybody talking about it, and I didn't know what it was. I didn't even have the language to describe what was happening to me. But now, it's everywhere. So that's a beautiful thing. But it's also, I think, dangerous because of two reasons. One, the way that people communicate most today is through social media. And that's incredible because it means that if you live in a really conservative part of the country... You can find people on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube who are just like you and you can feel normal and you can feel seen in an area where you don't have anybody in your real life who knows what it's like to be you. What scares me about it being on social media is that people start to talk about it. They start to talk about it more. They start to talk about it more. This is all great but the social media you see is not an accident. The social media that you see is because of an algorithm that exists inside of whatever platform you're on that says, Becky likes content about Chris Hemsworth. When she scrolled by a post from Chris Hemsworth, she slowed down, she read it, she liked it. Oh, okay. Maybe she likes Chris Hemsworth. few more posts. Oh, Becky slowed down and looked at a picture of Chris Hemsworth again she must really like Chris Hemsworth. So the algorithm says, we're going to make sure that we always show Becky Chris Hemsworth photos. And in fact, the algorithm is so smart. Not only are we going to show Becky Chris Hemsworth photos, I wonder if she likes other members of the Marvel universe, right? So now we're going to see if she likes Paul Rudd. Oh, she did like Paul Rudd. So we'll serve her more of that. Oh, let's see if she likes Dr. Strange. Oh, you know, she didn't really click on Doctor Strange. Okay, she knocked that into him. Let's see who else. And it just keeps trying to feed you content that it thinks you like, right? It's not a human being. It's a computer. It's seeing what you like and it's serving you more of it because the way social media makes money is that you stay on the platform for as long as possible. This feels potentially dangerous when you consumed content about anxiety, right? So you see one post, you're like, oh, that's really cool. Like, I really appreciate that this celebrity is being honest about their struggle, right? And then you slow down and you read it and it was a thing. And then a few posts later, oh, here's another one. This is my friend and they're struggling. Okay, they're talking about it. And the algorithm now has been triggered to pay attention to what you consumed. So you're getting more and more. And not only are you getting more, but then potentially maybe you post about having anxiety. You tell the world, this is the thing that I have, right? And then now you've talked about it, you've consumed it, and it spreads like wildfire. Not because people don't have it, they certainly do. But because you talked about it, because you consume it, you make it more of a thing, right? So I have in my life, a lot of Gen Z. I literally had to look it up. A lot of – yeah, I have a lot of Gen Z people in my life. So a lot of millennials. I'm an older millennial. So a lot of millennials and then a lot of I – I want to say kids. They're not kids. Young adults in their early 20s Who are, and and even teenagers, either family members, friends, people on my team at work. I just have a younger crew of people around me. And so they are the reason I am making this podcast because I am seeing their anxiety go out of control. And I've been trying to figure out wait, why is it so much worse for their generation? And I really think it's because, along with all sorts of other crap, Forget the fact that your entire life, social media has existed. So you've always had a million examples of all the things you're supposed to be and do and live up to. And I can't even imagine how anxious that might make you. But if you're feeling those emotions and you're consuming content and other people are talking about it, it's what you see. Right. And if all of your friends are also seeing it and all of your friends are also feeling it, yes, don't get me wrong. There's a beauty in that because you can be honest about how you're feeling. You can find community. You can get help. That's great. But here's the thing, and maybe not with everyone, but with the Gen Z people in my life, everyone talking about their anxiety. Isn't really prompting them to get help. Everyone talking about their anxiety is making them feel more anxious. And not only are they feeling more anxious, but the fact that every single person that they know has anxiety makes them believe that feeling this way is normal. Okay, I want to be very specific here about the word normal, because in this instance, there are two ways to look at it. It is human. It is a human emotion to struggle with your emotions. It is very human to feel anxiety, to feel depression, to feel panic to feel suffering emotions depending on where you are what you're dealing with how you were raised how you were taught to manage stress in your life it's super normal and human to experience those feelings but a state of suffering it's a symptom it's a symptom of a greater root cause that you need to be treating the normalization of feeling suffering because all the people around you are feeling it too doesn't mean that you're supposed to just live in it and drown in it. It's like a a frog boiling in a pot of water, right? Like you're slowly raising the temperature higher and higher and the frog boils. Your anxiety is getting worse because it's been normalized So you don't think you need to do anything because it's normal to feel anxious. But if you're not treating the symptom, it's going to get worse. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I just, it, it's like so important to me that you get that There's nothing wrong with you. I mean, like, I have managed to live a beautiful life, to have an incredible career, to have success, to, uh, like, have amazing friends and be a good mama and be a good girlfriend and all of that. But I really think that my life has changed in catastrophically different ways By learning, at first, it was just like, how do I deal with this? Like, how do I live with these anxiety attacks? And then it was, okay, how do I get on offense? Like, how do I live my life so that I'm not setting myself up to potentially be anxious? And it wasn't until I truly began to believe that it was possible to heal myself emotionally through a lot of work that i today think that it is possible that someday i will never have anxiety again i'm going to believe that i i don't have proof of it yet cuz i haven't i'm not at that place yet but because i can look at the last decade and see how it's gotten smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and because i work on this so hard I read so many books. I do so much therapy, meditation, journaling. Like I am constantly trying to peel back layers and understand what's under there that's causing this because I don't believe that we're meant to live in states of suffering. And if you are dealing with anxiety right now, you know that you're suffering. And anxiety does not stay constant. Anxiety gets worse or it gets better. It doesn't just hang out. There is no like comfort zone for anxiety. You can't just go, okay, well, it shows up occasionally, but it's not that bad. No, that's not how anxiety works. It's going to get better or it's going to get worse. It won't just stay here. And the worse it gets, the harder it is to turn around and come back. So I'm hoping that this conversation stops you in your tracks and makes you think a different way about it. It's like whenever we see something in our life, we see a bunch of people doing it, it normalizes that for us. Like uh, I remember doing an interview with my friend Tom Bilyeu I don't know, a couple years ago, and I was asking him like, okay, but how can, what's like a surefire way to get people to change? And he said, oh, well, like the most psychologically like proven way to get people to really change is if they are in a group of people who are, have already changed in the way that they want to. So it it, like, I don't know if you've ever, okay, I've never done this, but I'm going to just guess that this is the way like, Um, people who do CrossFit, right? I've never done CrossFit, but everyone I know who does CrossFit gets really into it. And they start doing it and then they like it more and more. And then they're like obsessed. And it's like, they're so in it. And there's something that's happening because they're in a group of people that are making them feel like the kind of person that they want to be, right? I think it's the same with me and yoga. I started a yoga practice last year and it's been so amazingly healing for me and for my body. I I was at yoga this morning, hence my pajamas in the middle of the day. Um so I went to hot yoga this morning and I just I have so so much love for everybody in the yoga class and I love that it's such a mix of different people and I feel like I'm in a room with people that I'm aspiring to be like. It was the same when I started running. Whatever it is that you're wanting to change, you are likely to do it if you are surrounded by people who have changed in the way that you want to change. That's beautiful if you're aiming at something. It's wildly dangerous if everybody in your life is suffering from anxiety, right? If you're all, it's like, you know, I don't know if any of you ever left your hometown, you like go back to your hometown and you hang out with the people you went to high school with, and they're still talking about the same crap and doing the same things and living the same life because nothing has shaken them out of that routine. So that's what I want you to get. Your anxiety is getting worse, not because something is wrong with you, not because your emotions or your mental state is getting worse. No. No. Your anxiety is getting worse because you see it everywhere you look and because you haven't yet figured out ways to turn it around. I want to tell you, I'm going to read you a text that I sent to Gen Z people. I was I was uh telling you about they were having a pretty bad time and asking for some thoughts, and this was part of the text that I sent to them. It's important for you to hear. This was also after like basically the whole thing that I just told you guys. So I'm reading you the last half of like a nine-mile text. So it's important for you to hear that suffering like this is not normal. Anxiety is 100% reliant on thought pattern. It's a physical response to an illusion. Okay, hold on. I can't even like move on. We have to start there because I want to make sure that you get this. When I first started to struggle with anxiety, I honestly was like, oh, it's happening. Everyone in my family has mental illness and clearly mine is starting to manifest. And I thought I was just going to be like, this was just it like i was just going to have this and what i did not understand and if you don't take anything else out of our conversation i hope that you can get this the way you feel at any moment in the day is the result of something you thought let me say it again the way you Feel is because of what you think. Our feelings are based on our thoughts. Always, always, always. Sometimes those thoughts are conscious, like when we're trying to overcome something and we're very conscious about what we want to be thinking to get the results. But most of the time, we are operating, it's something like 95% of our day is subconscious. Sub means under. That literally means not conscious thoughts. We're operating out of habit. We're operating out of routine. Your anxiety is getting worse because your body has been programmed to feel anxious. Okay? Hang with me for a minute. The anxiety started originally because you were thinking things that made you feel a certain way. And then you thought those thoughts again, and you felt that way again, and then you thought those thoughts again, and then you felt that way again. And even though those thoughts feel freaking terrible, anxious thoughts also come with something called adrenaline. It's why your heart races and your chest pounds and your hands shake it's because the anxiety that you're feeling is triggering a fight or flight response inside of you just like an animal this is incredibly powerful back in the day if you you know were out in the plains and you saw a tyrannosaurus rex or whatever That fight or flight response means that adrenaline flooded your system and you could run to safety. It's, you know, when you're driving, you know, that was like back in caveman times. When you're driving your car down the road and then, you know, someone slams on their brakes in front of you and adrenaline floods your body and you have what you need, you have the reflexes that you need to stop and save yourself. Fight or flight saves your life. Unfortunately... Your body doesn't know the difference between anxious thoughts about your mother-in-law and a real actual danger or threat to your life. So it floods your body with adrenaline either way. Now, that doesn't feel good at the time because it takes a while to get all of that out of your system if you're even trying to get that out of your system. But here's the thing. Adrenaline is addictive as fuck. Think about it. Adrenaline junkies, people who jump off the top of buildings or like drink Red Bull or like whatever those extreme sports people, adrenaline is addictive. It's a substance that your body is producing that makes it feel a certain way, makes you feel alive, makes you feel awake. Sure, you also feel like your chest is going to explode and that the world is crashing down around you. But if you dug a little deeper in those feelings, there's also a certain amount of energy that happens when you feel that way. And if you triggered enough, which if you've got anxiety, you definitely have, your body becomes addicted to the feeling. Your body can get addicted to all kinds of negative substances, or I should say, substances that are created through negative means. It doesn't really care how it gets that hit. It just wants that hit. Only now, it's going to take a little bit more, right? Like the first time, it only, you only needed a little bit of fear. But the next time to trigger that response, you're going to need a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And your body, your nervous system takes over. It would be impossible for our body to do everything that it needs to do if we had to think about every single step. So luckily, we're wired to take stuff in and create a system so that we don't have to think about it anymore. So your body's like, okay, this chick really is into feeling this way. So don't worry, we don't even need to think those thoughts anymore. We can actually just trigger those feelings. We can trigger the sweaty palms. We can trigger the racing heart. We can trigger the feeling in our stomach. If you've ever had an anxiety attack that came out of nowhere, it's because your body triggered those feelings and then your brain just like when I was telling my husband back in the day, like, oh my gosh, I don't know, but something's wrong. And I would just spin out until I figured out what was wrong. And at the time I remember thinking like, oh, thank goodness. I figured out what triggered me. No, I didn't figure out what triggered me. My body triggered me. My nervous system triggered me. And then I just found a handy dandy thing to worry about to name and say, oh, well, that's why I'm anxious. Your body is having a physical response based on thought. It is responding to something that is an illusion because your subconscious mind does not know the difference between something that is actually happening and something that it's thinking about happening. You know this is true. How many times have you imagined something going wrong. Imagine someone being mad at you. Imagine like, oh, I wonder if you know, my wife's coworker doesn't like me because like one time at the holiday party, she like looked at me funny. I wonder if she doesn't like me. And then you like spin out over the stupidest idea and you start feeling physical responses to a made-up illusion in your head. Anxiety is 100% reliant on thought pattern. It's a physical response to an illusion. Our subconscious doesn't know we're just imagining things. It's responding to what it believes is a real threat. Do that enough times and your body becomes addicted to the stress hormones associated with feeling anxious. Because yes, they feel like shit, but also they come with adrenaline. Only that little hit won't work next time, especially if your adrenal glands are fried. There's a whole other conversation. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. So the anxiety has to get bigger and bigger to feed the addiction. What starts as a sort of biological call and response becomes a state of being. It's your new emotional home. It's not getting worse. Because of mental deterioration, it's getting worse because practice makes perfect. Your nervous system has just practiced this feeling so much, it's become habitual. It helped me immensely to understand why it was happening to me. It allowed me to separate me from my body, to work on the problem instead of in the problem. But what I want you to know is that anxiety isn't a predetermined characteristic. It's learned behavior. And we can unlearn anything. It's funny. I feel like the times when I've tried to talk about anxiety in the past or different ways that I have tried to help myself or... Um, Improve, you know, and I've tried it all, guys, like supplements, chamomile, long walks, therapy, church, prayer, meditation, a bit of this, a bit of that. And I feel like I've gotten grief mostly because I believe that this is something that we can overcome. I believe it. Uh, There are countless studies of people healing themselves and in medical jargon we call that miraculous healing right like when someone's cancer completely goes away when a tumor dissolves when you know a little kid should have drowned and they didn't have air for 10 minutes and somehow they woke up and everything was fine and um you know people of faith say that it's a miracle and people in the medical community say oh it was like a you know it was just this This spontaneous reversal, or whatever. There's just so much evidence of the power of human brains. We have barely scratched the surface on what is possible for us. And the first step, I think, is you believing that you're not meant to be in this state of suffering. I don't believe that you are just, your destiny is just to to drown in this for the rest of your life. And if your first step is that you believe that you can get better, and your second step is to believe that you are capable of making the change necessary to make yourself feel better. But it's very important that we don't humanize anxiety humanize it make it very human to feel these ways but don't normalize a symptom if you were having severe pain in your lower left abdominal like you can barely move you're cramping you're crying you're like you it's horrific you'd go to a hospital if you were having in immense physical pain you would go to a hospital and you would get help you would do everything you could to figure out what was wrong with you and you would get help why is it that we have ourselves people around us who are in intense emotional pain and we are normalizing that they feel that way the 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 beauty in normalization is that we found our group, we found people, we understood that there were others like us who were struggling with the same stuff. But we can't stop there. It can't be enough to go, oh, okay, 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 whew, all right, more than just me deals with this thing. Okay, well, if it's affecting this many people, and you and I both know some of those people are affected to debilitating degrees. If it's affecting this many people, what the hell are we doing to make it better? There's so much information out there, and I hope that you do what I did and you start researching, and you start testing things, and you try it out, and you see what works for you, and what helps you, and what makes you feel better. And if you have specific questions about this, if there's something I said you want me to take a deeper dive, or you want me to talk about specifics, call the hotline. The hotline is 737-400-4626, 737-400-4626, you can call, leave me a voicemail, ask me a question. Tell me what you're thinking, and I can do a follow up based on, on that. But the information is out there. And the other thing that I'm gonna ask you, beyond just trying to find what's gonna work for you, is talk about your healing process. Talk about your healing process. And maybe you're like, oh, nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear what I. Yeah, we do. If you have any following on social media, you have influence. Even if it's five people and you're related to all of them, you have influence. So talk about the healing process. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to say it in an eloquent way. You could literally just be like headed back to therapy to try and get a handle on my anxious thoughts or the, I'm out on a long walk with the dog because it really helps me to feel more calm and centered. Let's talk about the healing. Because if all we talk about is the symptom, if all we talk about is the bad feelings, if all we talk about is the suffering state, then we make people who also struggle with the same thing feel like it's normal for them to feel that way. It's human, but it's not normal. You're not supposed to stay in that state. Think of your anxiety as a sign that there's something deeper there that you need to unpack. And there are times when my anxiety meant that the most I could do was get through that day, right? Like my anxiety was so bad, the most I could do was get through that day. I understand there are seasons where, you know, the best you've got is to just lay down at night and say, okay, I'm going to try again tomorrow. I get it. But as you begin to feel better, as you're on the healing journey, please, please, let's talk about that too. Guys, I hope that this episode was helpful. I hope that you felt my heart in the conversation. I, I worry a lot about this, and I think I'll always worry about it because I lost my brother to suicide, and I don't want to see... My friends, my co-workers, my cousins, my nieces and nephews, I, I don't want to see them carrying this load and not understanding that there are steps that they can take to make them feel better. So that was my intention with this time, and I hope that you felt it. And if you think it was helpful, please, please consider sharing it on your social Or please consider sharing it with someone that you think could really use the conversation. It's not your fault that you feel this way, but you are going to have to take ownership of your experience. And I know that that's hard, but I promise you it's worth it. That was the episode for this week, guys. Until I am back with you again, I want you to remember always that I love you. And I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.